Good morning, everyone. May the Lord richly bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in with us this morning. And we have a subject this morning that um, uh, I'm. This is not one I necessarily rejoice in covering, but I feel it's very, very important. Um, uh, I, I guess I would say if if common sense would prevail, uh, this would subject would not be necessary, but unfortunately, common sense does not prevail in our day and age. The subject I want to take is, is every word of Brother Branham, thus saith the Lord. And so this, of course, something that uh, brings uh, a lot of response from people, and um, it's become an issue over the years because people will take every single word that Brother Branham said uh, regardless of what it is, and say, that's thus saith the Lord. Um, this question has come up for me recently in two places. Um, the leadership in Jeffersonville, Indiana, of the Voice of God and Branham Tabernacle, um, they're often heard saying, uh, we have to believe every word that Brother Branham said on the tapes, and that everything that Brother Branham said was, thus saith the Lord. Um, also, in in Turkey, there's a brother that has turned against myself and the brothers I'm working with, Brother Nehemiah and Brother Petros, and accusing us of teaching that every word that Brother Branham spoke was, thus saith the Lord. Um, and also, this particular brother's saying, Brother Branham made many mistakes in his doctrine. So I just want I just want to clarify for everyone. I believe the message. I rejoice in what God did through Brother Branham. That should be clear in my videos and in my teachings. Brother Branham, uh, based on my study and my research, I I see Brother Branham as an incredibly humble humble Christian man who had a genuine. Christian spirit. Uh, Brother Branham never claimed that every word that he spoke was infallible. Unfortunately, people have have deified and hero-worshipped the prophet so much that it's produced all kinds of fanaticism and errors, and in, in result, idolatry, false worship. And that is extremely... I, I say that... Um, with all sincerity, and I say it with humility, and I say it with fear and trembling, because uh, truly, truly, I believe Brother Branham was a prophet, and he was a genuine, humble man of God. But this false approach and false teaching has led many to walk away from the message. Now, I want you to see what Brother Branham said for himself. Um, I don't want you to just take my word for it. I want you to see what he said about his own words. In the sermon, Blind Bartimaeus in 1957, proves God just reveals to his prophets that what he wants them to know, nothing else. Prophets are not infallible people. Prophets are not angels. They are men. You get it right from his mouth. Prophets are not infallible people. So if we're going to teach that prophets are infallible, we're going to teach something against the Word of God. 
in the sermon, The Time of Decision, 1959, you see God don't make all of our decisions. And there's many times that God doesn't tell his prophets just what to do because they have to make the decision. If there is no decision that we have to make, just wait every move on God, then there's no overcoming on our part. And sometimes they, they make the wrong decision. God's anointed prophets makes the wrong decisions and many times are deceived. Wow. In a lot of ways, we can say that's the story of the Bible. In the sermon, The True Vine and False Vine, Brother Branham says, Look at this Elijah sitting there, and here comes the Shunammite woman, and fell down by him like that, said, God's troubled her heart and kept it from me. They don't know all things. They just know as God will let them know. They're not infallible people. The Bible said Elijah was a was man subject to like passions as we are, his ups and downs and differences. These are true statements. In fact, they're completely backed up by the Bible. Let's look at a story here of King David and the prophet Nathan. 2 Samuel 7, 1 through 3, And it came to pass when the king sat in his house, and the Lord had given him rest round about from all his enemies, that the king said unto Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwelleth within curtains. And Nathan said to the king, This is the anointed prophet, Go, do all that is in thine heart, for the Lord is with thee. Wow, if you hear a prophet say that, you, you would be ready to move forward right away. Second <laughs> Samuel 7, 4 through 6. Write the next verses. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, Thus saith the Lord, Shalt thou build in me in a house for me to dwell in? Whereas I have not dwelt in any house since the time that I brought up the children of Israel out of Egypt, even to this day, but have walked in a tent and in a tabernacle. Here we have an instance of Nathan the prophet in fellowship with King David. David speaks what was on his heart, and Nathan says, go and do it. Then later the word of the Lord comes to Nathan, and he returns and tells David that he's not to build the Lord a house of cedar. From our perspective, we say, hey, why did the prophet tell David one thing and then turn around and tell him another thing? The explanation is clear. The prophet is not infallible. He speaks from his heart sometimes, and other times the word of the Lord comes to him. One of these words is infallible, and the other is not. When it speaks forth, thus saith the Lord, it is infallible. When it doesn't speak forth, thus saith the Lord, it's not infallible. But imagine if you were a guard at the palace, you're overhearing the conversation, and you start to tell everyone, David's going to build a temple in Jerusalem, and everyone's getting excited. Then later that night, Nathan returns, and new guards are on duty. He tells them, thus saith the Lord, did I ask you to build a house for me? Now these two guards begin to tell their stories, and they eventually meet up and begin to argue over what the prophet said. <laughs> They're fighting over two different things the prophet said. Neither of them had the full story, so they simply fought one another over the infallible prophet of God. The truth is Nathan was not infallible, but God himself is infallible. When Nathan spoke from his own heart, sometimes he was right and sometimes he was wrong. But since he was a prophet, often God dealt with him and corrected him. Therefore, God dealt with Nathan to correct him and in turn correct David. Another instance is the prophet Isaiah. Second Kings chapter 20, 1 through 6. 
In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall and prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, O Lord, remember now how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in thy sight. And Hezekiah wept sore, and it came to pass, before Isaiah was gone out into the middle court, that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears, behold, I will heal thee, and on the third day thou shalt go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add unto thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee this and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for mine own sake and for my servant David's sake. In this case, we have two, thus saith the Lord's, and a real puzzle. Thus saith the Lord, you shall die, then thus saith the Lord, I will heal you. How can they be both, thus saith the Lord? Okay, here's a scriptural explanation. Jeremiah 18, 5 through 10. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, cannot I do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is the pot is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. At one in what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it. If it do evil in my sight, that it obey not my voice, then I will repent of the good wherewith I said I would benefit them. So in this instance, God sends Isaiah to Hezekiah. And what does it do? It provokes him to pray and ask for healing. God heard his prayer, caused him to heal him, and add additional years, years to his life. Uh, it wasn't a mistake by Isaiah, but that, in fact, God had had him speak seemingly contradictory things in order to produce a response in Hezekiah. If we were alive, though, in Isaiah's time, we could have found fault with Isaiah and said he's a liar. He doesn't have thus, saith the Lord, but notice that one of the prophecies came to pass. The other one did not, but the true understanding is in the explanation. If we want to doubt God's word, this is a great excuse for us. But if we want to believe it, there's a perfectly sensible explanation. Brother Branham says this, the resurrection of Jairus' daughter. And what I read here is his word. It will never change. It will never pass away. It's eternally right. Mine may fail, because I'm just a man. Speak like any other man. Make mistakes in everything. But when he speaks, mark his words. It's the truth. Did you hear that? Brother Branham says, I make mistakes in my speech and everything, because I'm just a man. But mark God's words. It's the truth. Wow. In the sermon Influence in 1963, he says, So it's a lesson to us tonight to keep our minds upon God, regardless of what man it is. Let him be cardinal, priest, prophet, whatever he might be. He is not immune from mistakes and error and even death and sin. But there is one who is, and that's Jesus Christ. He is the one. And this is the very problem that we face when we make every word of Brother Branham, thus saith the Lord, and make him infallible on every case. What do we do? We put him in the position of Jesus Christ and he takes 
the place of Jesus Christ as the sinless, infallible one. He takes the place as the absolute, and that's 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 a, a big mistake. That's completely unscriptural, and, and we have to be very, very careful in our hearts with that. He that is in you, uh, Brother Branham says, says this. What I'm trying to say is, um, don't never lose your confidence. Don't let Satan tell you evil about me, because there's much. But you keep that confidence, because if you don't, it won't happen. Don't look to me as a man. I'm a man. I'm full of mistakes. But look to what I'm saying about him. It's him. He is the one. Wow, he right there is beautiful. Don't let my mistakes cause you to doubt God's word. I make mistakes. I make errors. I sin. But don't let that cause you to doubt God's word and walk away from it. Um, in the sermon, in his presence, Brother Branham says, My hands, Lord, is up. What will I do? Now, Father, I've got many things that I do wrong. I've just confessed my sin this morning before the church, as I confessed it to you on top of the mountain the other morning when it was blowing and snowing, and up here on top of the mountain to how I cried out and asked you to forgive me for my stupidity. And how I dreaded to come before my brethren, who some of them regard me as your prophet servant. And Lord, how I hated to come before them and tell them of a stupid act that I would do a thing like that. But God, it's good for my soul that I confess my sins and not hide them. So to be honest with you and right before the people, I've confessed it. Lord, I'm wrong. I'm altogether wrong. I pray for forgiveness. And then, Father, I've been dilatory about you, serving you many times. Maybe I could have went longer when I didn't do it. Father, I confess my sins. I want the angel of God to cleanse me from that by the blood of Jesus. On the other hands, went up tonight. Some of them maybe has never asked forgiveness before, but I'm sure of this one thing. If we'll confess our sins, God will blot them out, put them in the sea of God's forgetfulness, and never remember them no more. And Father, as I confess mine about misbehaving before them people, I didn't carry on myself like a servant of Christ. I didn't. I was afraid that man might be angry with me and think that I didn't want to hurt his feelings, but I didn't think of what I was doing to you, Lord. And now I pray you forgive me. And now, Father, I know that if I ask forgiveness, I have forgiveness, and that you put them in the sea of forgetfulness, and he'll never remember that no more. God, I'm thankful for that. Brother Branham was one of the most honest, straightforward men you'll find. You won't find preachers openly speaking like this about their sins and repenting for them and asking the Lord for, the, for, for forgiveness and asking the people for forgiveness. This is incredible. <laughs> Most pastors and evangelists are not this open and honest about things. To me, it testifies of the truth of what he preached and the truth of his testimony. In the sermon, He Cares, Do You Care? Brother Branham says, Now see, I've always asked you to be careful what you're listening to. See, there's so much of it that it's just the human side. But always, if there is something that goes forth, it will speak it. It's thus saith the Lord, even to visions or anything. Now you can lis listen closely to each sermon, and he will describe how he received that message from the Lord. Not every time, but many, many times. Sometimes he'll finish a sermon series and say, This was thus saith the Lord. Other times he'll say, I received it under inspiration. 
Or he'll speak of a doctrine and he'll say, he used to think it was one thing, but the Lord revealed it to me that it was another thing. He could speak about various stories throughout his life and ministry, and oftentimes it would be retold differently from sermon to sermon. We even find this in the four Gospels, stories told in different order, with different words used, and even with portions added and other portions omitted. Paul told his testimony in three different ways in the book of Acts. People attribute Brother Branham's testimonies to lies, but the fact is that there are witnesses who also testify of these things. Many witnesses. Brother Branham did grow in his understanding of the scriptures over time as God dealt with him. Here's a few examples. Earlier in his ministry, he taught uh, that love and the fruit of the Spirit was the evidence of the Holy Ghost. But in late 1963 and 1964, God corrected him, and he said so. Uh, Brother Branham says, Today I was talking with my good friend, Dr. Lee Vale, who's present now, and he's quite a theologian, and so we usually have some pretty good discussions on the Scripture. Very smart. And he asked me one time what I thought about the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost. Was it speaking in tongues? It's been many years ago. I said, no, can't see that. I said, neither do I. I said, though I've been taught that. I said, what would you think would be an evidence? I said, the most perfect evidence I can think of is love. And so we got to talking of that. And then I thought that some sounded pretty good, so I just held that. If man has got love. One day the Lord, in a vision, straightened me out, and he said that the evidence of the Spirit was those who could receive the word. Neither love nor speaking in tongues, but it's receiving the word. And then Dr. Lee Vale was saying to me, that that is scriptural, he said, because in John 14, Jesus said, when he, the Holy Ghost, has come upon you, he will reveal these things to you that I've taught you and will show you things to come. That's from broken cisterns. And so you see that, the Lord dealt with Brother Branham. The Lord corrected Brother Branham. That doesn't make him a false prophet. That means that he was a prophet. First, he was speaking what was in his own heart, like Nathan spoke what was in his heart. But then God revealed the truth of the word to him, and he could speak with authority then. In the sermon, Turn on the Light, you can't judge by speaking in tongues, neither can you judge by the fruit of the Spirit, but it's a manifestation of the word of God brought to light. It's the light that does it, the man that walks in that light. Jesus Christ was not founding upon speaking in tongues, though he did it. He was not the fruit of the Spirit, though he did it. He can't, couldn't judge it, but he believed and punctuated it, and God lived every word of promise of that day through him. That's the light of the hour. That's the evidence. When a man tells that me that he, the Holy Ghost falling in them will deny the word of God being so, there's something wrong with it. There's something wrong with our seminaries and so forth. Another instance of Brother Branham's understanding developing over time is regarding the teaching on the Logos. You can read and see in the early 1950s, he taught that the Logos was the Son of God, even saying, now we have two now. Then in the late 1950s, he began to teach that the Logos was the Son of God merely by prefiguration. It was showing forth what the Son of God would be in the future. Then from that time on, he taught that the Logos was the pillar of fire or the anointing that came down in the form of a dove upon Jesus at his baptism and continued in him throughout his ministry. Prior to the seals, he taught that the new birth was a distinct event from the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But then after the seals were opened, he clearly teaches that the new birth is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and clarifies this openly in the Church Ages book, which was released in 1965. 
So it's important for us to understand that the Bible is the unchanging absolute. In fact, if you look at the meaning of the word absolute, if we we cannot, uh, it means perfect in itself and all powerful. This cannot be applied to Brother Branham. Brother Branham was not perfect in himself and infallible and all powerful. No. Only God is, and God reveals himself through his word to us. So only Jesus Christ is the absolute. Only the scriptures is the absolute. We cannot take that title and put it on to us a, a man who says, I make mistakes, I'm not infallible, um, who grows in understanding, God doesn't grow in understanding. God is perfect in himself and never changes. Um, Brother Branham taught us this. The Bible is very much a story of men and women whom God used mightily that were limited, fallible, and in desperate need of a Savior. It's the story of how God overrode and overpowered the fallible and failing human nature to reveal his divine truth. This is our story as well. That's the story of Brother Branham. The beauty and the glory of Jesus Christ was revealed through his prophet, and it is revealed in the rest of his bride as well. All of us are full of mistakes and in desperate need of Christ every hour and every moment, but the fact is that Christ wants us to be progressing, to be growing, to be learning more. He, he, he had that for his prophets. He has that for us. They're an example of what we are to be. But who is the ultimate example? Brother Branham? No. Jesus Christ is our absolute. And we rejoice in that. Is every word of Brother Branham, thus saith the Lord? It's clear. It's not. He makes the differentiate. Be careful what you're listening to. Not everything that I say, some, some things that I say are the human part. But be careful to listen and pay attention. Because when it speaks thus saith the Lord, that's him. So this is very important. I've taken a, a lot of time here, way more time than I normally do. But I wanted to get this whole subject out this time. I believe this message is the truth. I believe what God brought to us and revealed to us through Brother Branham is the truth. I also believe what he said when he said, I make mistakes, I'm a human. I used to have one understanding about it, now I have a new understanding. And we can say, Thank you, Lord, for your correction, because it, it's actually a correction for us as well. So thank you for listening in. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or comments, please feel free to get in contact with us. May the Lord richly bless you.